the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. We are live with the Combat Cast. It's a man they call Dave. It's Chevy Rooney. Chevy, tell me what we got coming up. Next week, October 8th, there are no fights. So we're, we're going to be working on something for you guys. We're not sure exactly what we're doing yet, but we're, we're hoping something special. After that, October 15th, we have UFC Fight Night Grosso versus R. Arroyo could be a potentially good matchup. I don't know about the rest of the card yet, but later on in the month, October 22nd, UFC 280, Oliver versus Makachev. Going to be a huge card. We're looking forward to that one. So, And today, there's a whole lot of stuff going on this week, Dave. We got Bellator. We got one championship. We're going to talk about Dan White's contender series and obviously the UFC fight card this weekend. So where do you want to start off? Man, let's start off with the contender series from last night. We both have been talking a little off air that this is something we'd like to cover, but we hadn't gone around to doing it. Last night, we did that. It was kind of funny because <laughs> I texted you and we were on, we were, you were watching whatever was on their main page was like the week before right and, and i'm like thinking, i don't want to spoil this for chevy so the first fight has that knockout within like the first minute of the fight and i'm like damn so i just said damn because i know that okay that's something but he doesn't seen it but then you said something flyweights and i'm like yeah is that these flyweights i couldn't remember you know i didn't know because i walked in and then <laughs> you're like oh first round and i'm like okay wait something's going on <laughs> i was like oh yeah i think i'm a little bit behind you and then a minute later the round ended and i was like what is, what is happening 
<laughs> and yeah, that's when I realized I'm watching the wrong fight card. So that knockout you saw was Matus. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Medanka, maybe he had blue hair. Yeah, he had, he had blue hair. The blue hair Brazilian guy. Yep. Yeah, and not much to say. He just he because it was just a big time knockout. Bantamweight, another guy that's going to be probably a problem at bantamweight. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And he got a contract. Yeah, big punch. I didn't get to see much of the fight. I just saw the finish because I saw it afterwards, but the guy has personality for sure. So he got a UFC contract. Looking forward to seeing him soon, hopefully, in the UFC. And another name I'm going to have trouble with, Rafael, well, maybe not, Rafael Ramos Estevam. And he got a TKO round two. What I remember particularly about this fight, though, is these guys were both super active on the ground. Like, this was very much a lot of scrambles, a lot of going for submissions. And Danny even talked about this later, that he thought he was worried about Rafael. Like, why are you hanging around this guy's guard? It's because he was not afraid to go anywhere. And that was what's kind of impressive about this. And again... This guy got a contract as well. Another flyweight. This one wasn't the flyweights. And I don't know. Impressive. Yeah. Elias, there were the commentary team was talking about his setups for arm bars. He has arm bar finishes, which, you know, anyone watching MMA, you see, you hear about a lot of arm bar finishes in jujitsu matches. But, you know, usually by the time people get to the UFC or Bellator, any high level MMA, it's very hard to land an arm bar on people. And this guy was locking them up in every fight from every position. And you actually saw early on in a scramble, he dove for an arm bar and he almost got it. So I think that's why Dana was surprised that Rafael engaged in the grappling, but he ended up doing quite well and got that TKO in round two. Absolutely. Again, I mean, it was the season finale, but like so many good fights that we got to check out. Yeah, what's up to some fans in the huh? Kevin Ellsworth. Hey, Kevin. Kevin, thank you for tuning in, brother. Talking Contender Series last night and another fight. Jack Jenkins. All right, first off, Jack Jenkins. Love this guy's mustache. TKO round three, featherweight. And now what's interesting to me was Jack, first off, he opened up this guy. He cut this guy. He dominated this fight. He had a problem with his cup. There was some kind of wardrobe issue. His tie cup broke. Yeah, it broke. So he had to deal with that bullshit. And he didn't let it affect him. He keeps, you know, his head in the game. And he gets the finish. You know, like, you know he wants this finish. You know he he's worried if he doesn't get this finish, then they're possibly not going to, you know, sign him. Well, they signed him. And what I thought was interesting was Dana said he thought he looked a little one-dimensional because he had people telling him what a good kickboxer he was. But he said, it's the end of the season. Hell, he dominated. I'm going to give him the contract. But I hope to see more of that kickboxing. I just want to add, I didn't think he was, I thought he was dominant. I thought he did what he needed to do. But if this guy is a world-class kickboxer too, on top of everything else he's got, this guy's going to be one to watch out for too. Yeah, so Jenkins said that Freddie didn't want to get up when he had been taken down. He didn't fight to get up. So he said, why why bother put myself in danger? So he just stayed on top and did work. And he, he did land that heavy elbow to cut his eye open and blood was spraying everywhere. It didn't end up being the worst cut, but it bled very, very bad. And yeah, Dana, like you said, Dana was saying he was, you know, highly touted kickboxer but we didn't get to see any of that so if anything i think that shows him shows his well-roundedness his ability to adapt to what is going to win him the fight i just think dana wants to see people who want to be exciting but like dana said it was the last card of the season so he gave him a contract again and i thought i thought well deserving i don't think this guy should have been like on the cusp of not even getting it but i know how dana we know how dana is when it comes to you know what he wants like you said Jenkins was hard on himself as well. He was not happy with his performance. So 
that shows the kind of guy that he is too. He wants to be exciting in there. Yeah. Now, next fight, Sam Patterson. So, where you missed that first fight with this one, I actually was watching it and got pulled away for a second and it was over. I just know that he basically ended up getting the rear naked choke. And it looks like it was round two, if I remember. Okay. So, rear naked choke, round two. But what I noticed first, I was watching this fight in the first round, is that Sam is super tall for this weight class. I thought a little more tall. Yeah. Yeah. But like he was coming in with some head kicks and stuff like that. What I didn't like sometimes was I thought Sam had his chin up a little high. I don't know if you caught that too. Dangerous. I was, yeah, like uh, it was a little dangerous. And I kept saying to Pete, who was watching the fights with me, I'm like, this guy's either gonna get caught or he's gonna end up catching somebody. Well, he, he ended up choking him out and he got the win and he got a contract. So you might have saw a little more of this. What'd you think? Yeah. First of all, his cardio is great. They were talking about how he just runs miles and miles and miles all the time. And you could see that. You know, in the second round, Vinicius, uh, that's a tough, tough name, but Vinicius, he's the Italian guy. He's fighting out of Kings MMA. You know, they they give the little promo before the fight, and they were talking about how Kelvin Gastelum went and got him food while he was living in a warehouse, and they were taking care of him, and I was really rooting for the guy, and then he got in there. And, you know, he didn't have a terrible showing, but he was lucky to survive as long as he did. He got caught in uh, Dars before that, guillotine. He was just tired on the feet, and it was only the second round. So as much as Sam Patterson looked great, I agree with you. He did have his chin up. That's going to be very dangerous. He's tall for lightweight. I think he was like 6'1 or 6'2 or something like that. Very tall. But if you're tall and you keep your chin up like that, you're going to get clipped with an overhand right and put to sleep. His ground game looked pretty good, though. And we'll see how it goes. I I don't know if he's going to be a top five guy, but you can learn to protect yourself a little bit better. But. Yeah. I was sad to see Vinicius lose. I hope he gets another shot next season. Yeah, so I purposely, and this isn't probably best for the podcast, but for my viewing enjoyment and wanted to not really get partial, I actually made sure to avoid a lot of the stories last night because every time I do that, they suck me in. I end up on the roof for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, no, not tonight. (laughs) Yeah, they make you want to root for for the guy, but it hurts when uh, when they lose, you know? You get invested, so. This main event, Donovan Beard, who came in at 7-1 and one, against Bo Nickel, who came in at 2-0. and oh. Bo Nickel was a big-time, Big Ten wrestling guy. He was the greatest. He was awarded. I can't remember the name of the trophy, but he was awarded, the, I believe, his Hummel Award. Greatest wrestler in the nation, so at oh. Penn State. That's well, quite the achievement. It, he's more than just a wrestler. So. Yep. This thing went, I don't know, maybe a minute. 48 seconds, I think. 48 seconds? I think so. I was like, maybe a minute, minute, 10. All right, so 48 seconds. (laughs) This is incredibly impressive for 48 seconds because in 48 seconds, you're like, oh, that's impressive as it is. No, what's impressive about this is he comes out, he rocks him. The, The guy, Donovan Beard, to his credit, he survives. Then Nickel immediately goes for like a takedown, and Beard scrambles gets on top in that second and nickel ends up getting like the triangle choke <laughs> so like he immediately showed power immediately showed the ability to transition to take down and immediately show he's good off his back all within 48 seconds over a guy who had only had one loss prior to this fight this kid's only on his third fight this is super impressive yeah i i think also so he landed that overhand left yes. because he's southpaw. He landed that overhand left, which would have absolutely knocked Beard down. But he was already, Bo was already transitioning to a takedown while Beard was falling. He gets into mount 
And as a wrestler, you know, you're trained to stay on top all the time, control and stay on top. He foregoes that. I don't think that he got flipped onto his back. I think he went for the arm bar, rolled to an arm bar and Beard, you know, gave up his neck. So Bo actually transitioned to a triangle. So to see a wrestler roll to their back is in their third professional fight is absolutely amazing especially someone of his skill that's like watching khabib roll to his back instead of just staying on top and pounding dudes out you know super impressive Uh, that guy's gonna be a big time problem i mean you could tell the ufc was ready for this they had games the the new ufc games with him on the cover already he didn't technically hadn't even been awarded a contract yet so at the end of the season they voted in the 17-year-old that won last week, Raul Rojos Jr., the youngest UFC athlete, 17 years old. They voted him in, and then Dana said, you know what, we're going to add in Bo Nickel as well. So they're both coming to the UFC game. Yeah, He hasn't even had a fight in the UFC yet, and he's already a star. Yeah, I like this, though. You know, I think it's fun. You know, I like this element of promotion of giving these guys some shine, some spotlight. Ultimately, it's a pressure cooker situation, and you can argue that maybe it's always not fair to put some especially the young 17 year old in these pressure situations but man you're 17 years old do you want to give this a shot like what the hell of course you do so i just hope they all do well and i think it makes it interesting you know like patty the baddie and stuff like that these guys that you know maybe they're not you know winning the title or anything you know in the next couple fights but you never know but in the meantime we got some exciting storylines and make some intriguing you know, stuff coming on with these guys that are fighting that aren't necessarily the championship pitcher. So I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, Bo, especially the guy only has three professional fights. He has all this hype on him. But the way that he's finished these fights, I don't know if you saw his fight outside of the contender series, but he knocked the guy out standing. So he's very impressive. He called out Hamza. And he said if he could make weight. And then he also called out Logan Paul. <laughs> he said he could, he, if the UFC wanted to sign him, they could fight in MMA or he could go over to WWE and fight him. So the guy can rip a promo too. So he, he's a it. whole package. I love it. Smart too. <laughs> he's throwing everything out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good for him. All right. There's a lot of stuff coming this week. He said one championship is coming up too. Yep. Angela Lee card. That's going to be on Friday, 10 p.m. Another Amazon Prime card. So that's U.S. time zone friendly for us. And a couple of news and notes, actually, before we get to the rest of these fight cards, too. Aspen Ladd was cut, presumably for missing weight again. Yeah, three weight misses in the UFC. She had one outside of the UFC as well. She has a real problem. I don't know if she just needs a new nutritionist. I know she blamed one on her menstrual cycle. Whatever it is, everyone else seems to be able to figure it out for the most part. It's a job. If you can't cut the weight, you have to fight at a different weight class so i assume she's pretty young she'll be back yeah she she gets with a nutritionist she learns a lesson from this and she'll be back in the ufc absolutely yeah it just she's in some higher profile fights because she got some you know name her little little recognition early on and now you start having some issues and they can't rely on you to put you in the situation. At the end of the day, it's a business too. So yeah, I, I know why she was cut. And honestly too, as much as I like Aspen Lad and she's young and I do hope to see her back, UFC needs to do some stuff like this once in a while too because you got to put it out there that these guys have to try to make weight. Yeah, if there's one thing the UFC does not tolerate is people missing weight. If they cannot rely on you 
say she was the main fight on a card and you miss yeah. weight, that ruins a whole card. So that that's a lot of money that the UFC would be missing out on. If they can't depend on you, they're not going to pay you. You're going to be fighting somewhere else. Another news and notes too. Marlon Marais coming back. Looks like he's signed at a PFL and he's also going to, looks like they're going to have him fight Shane Burgos on one of their end of the year cards. So this won't be a tournament fight. This is just a fight they've added. Interesting, exciting. I like that Marais, who's had success in a World Series of fighting which was the predecessor of pfl mm-hmm. and he i was think a champion he was yeah and i think that this would be a good and he's coming in a different weight class i believe too so this is he good to fight at bantam weight right yeah so this is good so this will all be good stuff but shane burgos that is an animal that is a really tough opponent for your first fight back I do not like that fight. I think I, I like it. It'll be interesting, but I, I favor Burgos. Me too. I think that's going to be a tough weight class for him. The PFL actually has a pretty stacked featherweight division. My favorite fighter right now, Brandon Lochnane, is in the PFL at featherweight. Chris Wade, Bubba Jenkins. You know, there's just a lot of killers there. Shane Burgos might be his toughest fight, though. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. And that's, yeah, it's a hell of a fight on the first fight out. Now, another news and note, which kind of connects to this fight night card this weekend. So we'll talk about this. As far I, I, I want to close with the Bellator show this mm-hmm. week because I thought Bellator just has the better car. So that just happens to be the way it is. This fight card is interesting in the sense it's not really stacked. When I talked to you before, I wanted to go over the main event and the co-main event. And I think there's a couple fights you wanted to maybe highlight in the prelims. But before we get to that, interesting little tidbit this weekend. They're not, this is going to be at the apex. They're not allowing any fans, which is whatever that's, you know, but they're also not allowing any MMA media. Now, when you told me this, my first thought was, Okay, this is not a very big name card and they probably just don't want to deal with a lot of negative press. So it's probably just easier to say, hey, stay home and, you know, don't worry about it. We're giving you a night off. As Dana says, we give you a night off. Well, he so, said, yeah. But there's been some talk. Our friend sent us uh, a thing that Hawani had put up that basically was talking about that Mark Zuckerberg might be in the arena and somehow this may contain the reason why there's no media there. I'm not really sure. This doesn't make sense. Right. I I mean, they had Donald Trump in the arena before and fights still went on. You can't tell me that Mark Zuckerberg is more disruptive than (laughs) Donald Trump. So I'm sure there's a little bit more to it. I wouldn't be surprised if Ariel is right. You know, he is usually right about these things with his sources. So I assume Mark Zuckerberg has something to do with it. Whether I just I can't think of what it could be. You know, I know he you know had that video where he was training MMA and a bunch of fighters were saying, oh, you look so great and all this i'm glad he's a big fan or whatever but i can't think of exactly what would be what would warrant no fans and no media so it's just something to keep an eye out for just means that there might be something a little extra special going on with this card dana could simply be just trying to drum up some more interest because the card is a bit weak so doing something like this and not explaining it does drum up interest i mean we're talking about it so mark I don't know, but I do. I will be keeping my eye out for anything special on the card. Before we get into the main event, co-main event, what are some fights you'd like to talk about here? So, yeah, on the prelims, I'm actually more excited about 
couple of these prelim fights than I am most of the main card. To keep an eye out for Jocko versus Brennan Allen, I don't know how Brennan Allen is on a prelim. He's super dangerous at middleweight, so I'm looking for him to get a knockout finish for sure. Jessica Pene is fighting Tabitha Ricci. That's a great matchup That also on the prelims. And then mm-hmm. the main event on the prelims, yeah. two big boys, two big, big grapplers, Elir Latifi and Alexi Olenek are going to be going at it. So I hope that we don't get one of these typical two grapplers engage in a terrible striking match. I hope we actually get to see them grapple because I think it will be incredibly interesting to see who comes out on top. I think I'd put my money on Olenek, even though he's 150,000 years old, but I bet he gets some sort of scarf choke on that thick-necked Latifi. So I'm excited for those fights. Yeah, he's got some old man strength. Now, is there any other fights on this main card you want to talk about too? Yeah, Sadiq Youssef is fighting yeah. a newcomer, Don Shanias. Yeah. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name, but so I'm a fan of Youssef. But he has an exciting kickboxing style, but he hasn't showcased it lately. He has a lot of decisions. He's had to grind out some wins and stuff. And this newcomer, Don, he, he's won his last five fights, and three of the the last three of them are by TKO. Plus, he fights out of glory MMA with James Krause. So he, you know, has potential to be one of the fights I'm gonna keep an eye out for. So hopefully that could be a good striking matchup for Yusuf too. So maybe we get to see him go back to his kickboxing a little bit more. We'll see. Co-main event. Randy Brown's fighting Francisco Trinaldo, the old man. So I'm going to say Randy should destroy Trinaldo in this fight. So Randy's peaking. You know, he's 32 years old, I think. He's peaking. Mm -hmm. Trinaldo is 40 years, 44 years old which is about 75 in fight years. But with that being said, Trinaldo keeps getting it done. He keeps getting wins, even though he is an old man in the sport. He's well-rounded. He's super tough. I've seen Randy Brown get rocked. I've seen him get tired. So I don't know how popular this opinion is, but I'm going to say Trinaldo upsets him in a decision. All right. Well, back we here. Daniel Backley, Trinaldad will be high intensity around one, then dip in cardio after that. So... We'll see. I think I got to go with Randy Brown, too. I just think because he's younger, I got a little more faith in him to be explosive. But yeah, Trinaldo's no easy out for sure. He's been around forever, but I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased, too. I just I want Randy Brown to win this fight, too. He's I want him to win, too. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked either way, but I yeah, I'll, I'll put some money on Brown and I'd say I'd say round two. I think he's going to get it done one way or the other. Maybe uh, a TK. Yeah, I don't think he's submitting Trinaldo. But yeah, that's a tough ask. Yeah. And then this main event, what do you think? Oh yeah. So I'm a hundred percent going with Mackenzie Dern over Jan. She just beat Tisha Torres, which is a huge ask. Tisha Torres is a monster. Jan got TKO'd by Carla before that. And then her wins before that were Claudia Gedalia, Carolina Kovalkiewicz and Angela Hill. None of which are really, none of which were or are currently in the best part of their career they've looked a little bit weathered or they're struggling so maybe hill i don't know i mean hill i, I don't know i want to say is she's I just up and down in general i feel like right. when claudia was on her way out before retirement and carolina had lost five in a row before recently so her record is less impressive than it than it looks on paper to me. So between that, Dern striking specifically her power has greatly improved but i think if she can get this into the ground to the ground she's gonna win within a minute of getting it to the ground so i think she gets her down in round two and gets some sort of submission 
I, I'm going to agree with that too. But does when you look at Jan's like record, you know, losing her last race, she lost a split decision to Rodriguez too recently. But it's just I don't know. I look at it like seven knockouts, eight decisions for her win, her fifteen wins. Like I don't see any submission victories on there and you're going up against a submission ace and mckenzie dern and if you look at dern's record here dern is it's pretty much like all her, her grapple it's it's just there's so many medals and stuff it's just so legendary her grapple record and it's like she's got five decisions and seven submissions her two losses have been by decision so she hasn't been like caught or anything so i just don't see she's- dern Eating shots too. Right, right. I know I'm saying she hasn't been finished though. She hasn't been so yeah. yeah, I just feel like Dern's gonna tap this girl out at some point here. Let's see what old back is gonna say. You show Jan showed impressive defense against Marina, but Dern's grappling is huge. Thank you. Yeah, so that's yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. It's just that Dern's grappling is just on another friggin' level. And yeah, I think we're all in agreement. She's gonna tap her out. I'm gonna agree with you, Chevy. I'm gonna go round two on this one as well. Let's talk about this Bellator card. October first, so Saturday. Bellator 286. I don't know. I love this card. Let's see. Let's get right to it here. We got Juan Archuleta opening up against Enrique Barzola. Mm-hmm. Enrique Barzola is 18-6-2, five KOs, four subs, nine decisions. He's a former Latin American Ultimate Fighter winner on season two. And then you got Juan Archuleta, who's 25-4, 11 KOs, one sub, 12 decision, and a former Bellator Bantamweight champion. It's a great matchup to open up the show. Two solid guys. I like Archuleta. I just like the experience, I think, here with those 25 fights and being a former champion. I'll say he gets a dumb decision. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I think the experience, you know, he's seen it all in there at this point. Barzola is talented, but I think he's just, there's levels, in, and I think Juan is just a bit above him. I I think he actually gets a TKO in round two. Yeah, so there we go. Archer striking is distance. Game is key. Well, so let's see. Another good fun fight. We got Jeremy Kennedy here, who's 17-3-1, six KOs, two subs, nine decision against Aaron Pico. 10-3, seven KOs, two subs, two subs, one decision. Pico, a guy who has tremendous wrestling credentials, boxing credentials. Like He was really the prospect. He suffered a couple of losses early, but he's on a six fight win streak right now and i think he's starting to really feel himself i say pico is going to get this done i'm going to go round one i think he just finishes him i i think he's going to come out explosive and i think he can do it yeah i'm gonna say that jeremy survives to round two i'm gonna say it's a body shot ko Mm -hmm. he's gonna get him to raise his guard up there and then land that big left hook to the body and that, that's going to put Jeremy down. And as Dan Backley pointed out in our comments, AJ McKee is making his debut at lightweight. That is the next fight here. He is taking on Spike Carlisle, a guy I just really like because he's always had fun fights. You saw him in the UFC for a little bit. He always brings it. He's 14-3. and three. He's got six KOs, seven subs, one decision. He's won five in a row, so good on him. He's a fun guy, and he's getting a great opportunity. That being said, <laughs> he's fighting AJ McKee, 18-1, and one, six KOs, seven subs five decisions former bellator featherweight champion and he's coming off his first loss and you know he said not to make excuses i believe but he said that his weight was an issue and he didn't even want to fight for the featherweight belt so that's why i believe him because a lot of times when you lose that title you want to go back he was more already interested in fighting that lightweight i think it's going to be a big difference i like aj mckee in this fight i think i'm gonna go since we like round two so much today i'm gonna go round two sorry spike and i'm gonna say he gets him with a head kick and then maybe follows it up with some ground and pound and gets the tko yeah i'm with you i'm a huge fan of bike carlisle this is literally the worst matchup for him i feel like aj is 
he's a monster, one of the world's best yeah. for sure. And I agree with you. I think he's going to look even better at lightweight without diminishing himself. I think it's hard to decide. I think really he can get the fight done anywhere. Spike's tough. So I could see a decision as well, but I think because AJ's coming off that loss, he's going to be real hungry for a win. And I think he's going to probably get a KO. I'll I'll say round one KO. Clips him early. All right. And also, before I get to the next fight, too, Dan Backer, who's in our comments, by the way, I want to say runs Cage My IQ, a great YouTube channel to check out. And also, Dan Backer, I did talk to him about this. I forgot to mention, we're going to have him on the show pretty soon. So maybe sooner or later. We'll talk about that after, but I uh, appreciate all your input, Dan. So, and then the main event, ah, frustrate this name here because it looks just like Adam Brooks. Borex. Borex. Okay. Uh, he's 18 and one. He's four KOs, six subs, seven decisions. Got a one disqualification victory in there somewhere too. And he's taking on the Pitbull, Patricio Pitbull, Patricio. Patricio's 33 and five, 11 KOs, 12 subs, 10 decisions. He's a former lightweight champion and current featherweight champion. How do you see this one going? Violently. I think, (laughs) again, just like the Juan Archuleta fight, I think Pitbull has so much experience in there. He's so dangerous everywhere. So much power. Adam's tough, but uh, he's going to get rocked, I think. I don't think this fight's going to go two minutes. I I think Patricio jumps on him early, knocks him down, finishes him, grind a pound. I'll say first two minutes. There we go. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'll agree. (laughs) So, and yeah, is there anything else we want to talk about this week? We didn't mention it, but you know, the Gypsy King gave AJ an ultimatum and a time frame for to sign the contract. And AJ responded with, it's with the lawyers. I'm going to sign the contract, but it didn't get signed in the Gypsy King's required time frame. So now he says he's on to other things. I'm not really sure if I believe him. I want to see the fight. So hopefully not. You know, AJ's right when he's given these contracts to his lawyers because boxing's corrupt as shit. And you want to make sure you're going to get paid, even though the guy has hundreds of millions of dollars. But styles make fights. Yeah. And I think Joshua could be a fun fight with Fury. My money's always on Fury. I think he's just the best in the world. But I think it could be a more competitive fight, despite the fact Joshua's had some troubles in recent outings. I think he'll be an interesting fight just because I think the way he game plans. And, you know, I think he's a good technical boxer as well. And I think that it'll be interesting. But at the end of the day, I always bet on Fury. But I hope they get it done. Yeah, I, I hope they get it done, too. And we get to see that fight by the end of the year. All right. Well, we will be back here next week with something. And then the following two weeks, we got... Yeah, we got UFC Fight Night, Grosses versus Arroyo. And then October 22nd, UFC 280, Oliveira versus Makachev. Huge fight card. We're looking forward to that. All right. Awesome. Remember to check us out. Check out Dan Backley from Cage Dime IQ. And check us out on Work Advanced Podcast, the Combat Cast. We'll be back with you next week, guys. And we'll see you at the fights. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Appreciate you. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms, 
If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 